Welcome to First State Insights, offering information, perspectives, and analysis for public policy, management, and community and economic development in Delaware. Hi, everyone, and welcome to First State Insights, a podcast presented by the Institute for Public Administration. My name is Philip Barnes, and I'm a staff member at the Institute which is a research and public service center at the University of Delaware's Biden School of Public Policy and Administration. We call ourselves IPA for short. Thanks for tuning in today. On today's episode, we are joined by Brett Sadler, Executive Director of the Claymont Renaissance Development Corporation, a nonprofit dedicated to bringing social and economic development to Claymont. Brett is here to discuss the past, present, and future of this proud Northern Delaware community. Brett, welcome. Can I start out by asking you to provide listeners with a little context and tell us about Claymont? Uh, sure, Phil. Uh, thanks for having me here today. A little bit about the Claymont community. Hmm. Well, uh, let me see. We uh very, very proud history dating back to uh, the earliest days of the country. Um, first settled by the by the Finns and the Swedes, the Dutch, and then finally the English. Claymont was um, I guess you, and still is your first stop coming into uh, into the three lower counties. I remember uh, Claymont was or Delaware was part of um, Pennsylvania until uh, until I think seventeen um, late seventeen hundreds during the revolution. So Claymont was a, was a unique place um, with Philadelphia Pike going through it. It was the main one of the main north south uh, routes along the colonies. So we have a very uh, very very proud history that went from agricultural to a bedroom community for the wealthy as soon as the uh, the train started running. Um, the first train lines in the country, actually, in the 1830s, uh, ran through Claymont. Claymont had a station. Later, at the turn of the 20th century, you saw a, a more of a growth than a growth of industry. And, uh, and then World War One. And post that, Claymont became a working class industrial town. So it's it's run the, the gamut of, um, of of rural to um, a place with mansions for the wealthy of Philadelphia come down during the summer to uh, an industrial working class area. What kind of industry? Well, there had always been, even over colonial times, uh, mills taking advantage of, of the Brandywine Creek and also um, shipping. Um, due to our location and some um, favorable lands along the Delaware River. Uh, Grubbs Landing Road, right off of Philadelphia Pike, between that um, uh, goes down to um, the Delaware River, was a uh, main, I, I don't want to call it port, but shipping area, um, taking a lot of produce from um, produce grains from, from northern Delaware and actually from Chester County to um, Philadelphia. It was easier to take it down to uh, Grubbs Landing Road and then up to Philadelphia or even exporting it from there to other places in the colonies and, and beyond. So, um, so I say Claymont has gone through a lot of, lot of iterations and now we are a, um, we are a bedroom community for, uh, for Philadelphia. And how has Claymont changed in the recent past? Well, in, in the recent past, and, and that sort of ties into, um, into the why the the CRDC was um, was first formed, CRDC, the Claymont Renaissance Development Corporation. Um, we were a very very strong 
working class community, um, pre World War One, post World War One, but I guess starting in the the late seventies, um, some. Uh, socioeconomic factors were working against us. There was the decline of a lot of the good-paying industrial jobs, which were the bread and butter for uh, for a lot of the households in, in Claymont. So it was that decline. Um, there was a consolidation of the uh, the high schools, and um, as many people know, in a lot of small towns, the the, the high school. Is the uh, is the heart and soul of the of the community, a source of community pride. Um, Claymont High School was the one chosen to close during the consolidation that happened in um, in uh, I think the early 1980s, I believe, uh, and that really took the wind out of Claymont sales, along with some other reasons. So there was a you know, there was a decline that was beginning to be noticeable. And that was about the time, if I could transition into that, um, where a group of uh, community leaders, uh, elected officials and others um, first met. And it's like, what can we do to stem this decline? And uh, that's when the, claim, the nascent Claymont Renaissance was formed. We were, we were fortunate enough to uh, have the support of, of county and state government initially. And they um, uh, it enabled us to be able to hire a uh, a town planner, very um, a very experienced um, town planner in, in the region, and we laid out steps we uh, to uh, to improve the community. Uh, at the time, we also hired a, a, another firm to come in and do a market and economic development analysis for Claymont. Uh, the reason for that is, and the reason for these type of firms being hired by, mostly by, by governments, but sometimes by, by private interests, is to look at a community and, you know, is this community worth, every community is worth something. We know that. Um, but is this community worth going and uh, full, full tilt? And really push through some major investment changes, and, and, and sometimes you just have to be brutally honest with yourself. Um, there, there are a lot. Of, every community can improve in one way or another, um, but there are some communities that are only going to get to a uh, get to a certain point. You, um, they can be stabilized. The quality of life can get better, but they're not going to really grow economically. They're just not situated. They're um, you know, hopefully they'll find their niche, but it's going to be tough getting tougher getting to that niche. Um, so this firm basically came in and to say to Claymont, you know, you need to do, you should do X, Y, and Z, and this will get you to a certain point. Well, the firm that that we had hired through um, through Newcastle County government, it was a firm out of Annapolis, um, came in, and I say their job is to possibly tell you what you don't want to hear. But their report when they came back with Claymont was basically we were a diamond in a the rough. They saw trends, and they were using terms that none of us had ever heard of. And back in 2003, I'm not even sure if I heard the term millennial back then. But what they came in and said was, you know, listen, there's going to be a um, change in what is going to be desirable with, uh, with new homeowners. I mean, if many of you might remember 
back during the 80s and 90s, um, you know, you, what a lot of people were interested in was having that, that big house with the big great room and the big SUV. And, you know, that was that was the American dream back then for some. Um, what this group came back and said was, you know what, the folks who are in high school or in college who are going to be coming into the housing market, um, they are they're not interested in that. They want uh, a little bit of more of a um, new urbanist uh, perspective in, in the community that they live in. They want walkability. They want transportation options. And for us, they want the ability to, to be in Philadelphia in a half an hour. They want to be able to walk and catch a train to Philadelphia. They want to be able to walk to the store. They don't necessarily want to be living at the end of a, um, end of a cul-de-sac. And everywhere they go, besides their next door neighbors, means getting into a car and driving. So that that change was coming, in and they saw that. So, you know, we prepared, and they looked at Claymont, and they they saw that we had um, a an area in the center of town, the old Brookview complex, where that was where those of you who don't know where uh, uh, Vice President Biden lived for quite a number of years when he first moved to Delaware. And uh, I think for a little while, I was going to Archmere Academy across the street. But Brookview Academy, or I'm sorry, um, the Brookview development was um, really in sad shape. Uh, the Brookview um, apartment complex uh, was, you know, say, nearly 70 acres. It was consistently in the top five for police and um, paramedic calls in the Caswell County. So it was definitely a, a challenged and troubled community. And uh, so we had that option of working with the owner and then convincing the owner that, you know, if you're not the one to bring up this community, you know, maybe there's others who will. And um, and I said we were, you were fortunate enough to have the uh, previous owner sell to a developer who bought into our vision. So this this firm out of Annapolis who, who uh, worked on this analysis for Claymont, it was a combination of that big landmass in the center of town, the other and the trends that they saw coming along. But the main one of the main things was our location. You know, and they realized, as did many of us, that um, if you were living in Center City and you talked about Delaware, you get a blank look on a lot of people's face because they thought that Delaware. To them, they did not realize how close we were, uh, because so many, so much of the um, the growth in Philadelphia occurred going due east into New Jersey with the Patco High Speed Line, and it just you know basically almost out to Cherry Hill, New Jersey. You know, it was um, you know considered practically living in Center City. So we were able to tap into that Philadelphia market, move to Delaware. We we're close. And you know, were worth um, taking a look at. And so, so what's happening currently in Claymont? You talked about the transition from Brookview, but what else is going on in, in the Claymont community right now? Well, we've been since the beginning. We've worked on our our main street, which is Philadelphia Pike, and that we were able to adopt something called the Claymont Hometown Overlay, which gives a little bit of hometown rule. Um, to the community and along Philadelphia Pike when it comes to uh, development and design. 
So, and you you say that because uh, Paimon is not its own uh, chartered municipality, but it's a it's a, a place within Newcastle County. That, that's correct. Where a lot of towns uh, of its size um, became incorporated entities, Claymont never did. And until you know, the past fifteen years, uh, Claymont, if it was an incorporated town, and when I talk about Claymont, I'm talking about weird. Uh, we are uh, 19703, which is our zip code, um, is our basically our, our, our quote-unquote town limits. You know, Claymont uh, was the fourth largest town in the state of Delaware for years and years until the uh, explosive growth down in uh, Middletown. So most people don't realize that. We have, and not to say anything discouraging about any other any other small little cute towns in, uh, in Kent and Sussex County, but we have some neighborhoods in Claymont that are bigger some, than some towns that have mayors and police forces. A lot of people don't realize that. But I think many people in Claymont realize that the, the, the time for incorporation has passed. So what can, how can we get the benefits of incorporation without another layer of government? And, um, and that's sort of what we've done with the hometown overlay and our close working relationships with uh, Newcastle County and the state of Delaware. And obviously, the train station is a major development that's uh, that's occurring right now in, in Claymont. Well, true. Um, I, you can't talk about Claymont without talking about what's happening um, in the northern part of the community. So the the Claymont Steel Plant, which uh, opened uh, a little before World War One, I, I think 19, uh, 1916, um, has been a dominant feature of, of of Claymont to our industrial north. Uh, separated from the residential area of Claymont by, by 495, but it's still a massive area. So that area with the, and also if you include the, um, I hate to use the term defunct, but Tri-State Mall, which is basically just hanging on by a thread, if I would have to say. There's some shops open there, but you know, very, very few. Um, so back in about four years ago, out of the blue, the owners uh, of Claymont Steel, who happened to be a, a Russian interest, closed the mill, and um, it was it was definitely a, a a shock to the system up here. We had no idea that um, that, that was going to happen, uh, but we were fortunate enough that uh, shortly after, within I'd say within six months of the closing, a, a firm out of uh, St. Louis, Missouri, came in and said, "Hey, we want to redevelop that site." Uh, which is which is a godsend because there are so many large industrial sites across the country that are could have closed 30 years ago and are still sitting vacant. So we're talking about that, including Tri-State Mall, is nearly 450 acres. Um, not all buildable land, but 450 acres um, for for redevelopment. So working with our our partners in the uh, in state and county government and the federal government, we were able to make the argument and get partial funding for a state-of-the-art Claymont Transportation Center because any development on those sites will will be enhanced and encouraged um, by having a, um, a a transit center located on that site. Not only that, the, the existing Claymont train station, I, I like to choke, was basically a uh, a glorified bus stop 
um, which flooded. It just was not laid out well. It was on a curve, so it wasn't a. It was barely, barely ADA um, uh, compliant. So um, very proud we worked on this, and um, it should be a catalyst, not only helping with the redevelopment of all of Claymont, but um, to be a catalyst on a, a really intense redevelopment of that site, a mixed-use uh-huh. institutional development. And so that leads to the next question then, is where do you see Claymont headed in the next 10, 15, 20 years? That, that is a good question. Um, uh, you know, uh, with everything that's going on right now with the, uh, with the COVID-19, how that will affect the redevelopment um, and monies for investment, we don't know. But some things haven't changed. We do have a, a prime location. We do have a, a $71 million public infrastructure investment in that train station. Um, besides our location, everything. So I, I still think we will move ahead. I do believe that we are, excuse me, I have no doubt that we are on the, the right track because the underlying basis for our redevelopment is still there. You know, our location vis-a-vis uh, Philadelphia, even this area of northern Delaware, which is um, very little developable land left. And, you know, if you look at Brandy Wine 100, you know, we were pretty much developed post-World War II. So it's a very desirable place to live because of our location. Um, so I believe that um, you know, Claymont is on the right track and uh, will become more desirable as the day goes by. Now, obviously, we still have many other things to, um, you know, to uh, work on. There's a lot of uh, you know, there's macroeconomic factors and sociological factors that, um, that every community is facing. And uh, we have a pretty good framework to work together as a community to try to tackle them. And how does the CRDC uh, assist the Claymont community as it, as it moves forward? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's funny. There's no one size fits all um, in responsibilities and duties uh, in, 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 our, in our mission, um, accomplishing our mission. Any, anywhere from working with the uh, investors and developers at Tri-State Mall, trying to bring in um, good, high-paying jobs, to working with nonprofit housing developers, trying to get um, you know, affordable housing and quality housing in some of our more challenged neighborhoods, to, uh, to helping a, a guy opening up a shop on Philadelphia Pike um, go through the land use process, which can be can be a little onerous at times, um, but you know we'll work with them and we'll work with land use and um, and the community, the Claymont Design Review Advisory Committee, to help them help them through the process and get open. So we do a, a, a little bit of a little bit of everything. So we have to we have to be nimble because community redevelopment is a it's one of those big puzzles you drop out on your dining room table and you try to put together. So um, we go where we are needed and we go where the priorities are and that puzzle is coming together. That's great. Uh, I want to thank you for uh, the work that you do in Claymont uh, and I want to thank you for taking the time out to do this interview. It's been great talking to you. Great. I just want to also thank um, the University of Delaware as one of our partners. Um, We would not be where we are uh, now, without the, the close relationship we've had with you guys and the assistance 
over the last, um, you know, 15, 15 or more years. So I'd like to thank you, Adi, and the expertise that you guys bring to the table. All right. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Brett. Take care. If you'd like more information on the CRDC, please visit their Facebook page. Just search for Claymont Renaissance Development Corporation. That's all we have for this episode. I'm Philip Barnes from the University of Delaware IPA. And to learn more about IPA, you can visit us at bidenschool.udel.edu forward slash IPA. Thank you.